Welcome to the CNI 2022 podcast. These interviews were recorded at the Coalition for Networked Information Spring 2022 meeting. On this episode, we feature a conversation with K. Matthew Dames. He's the Edward H. Arnold University Librarian at the University of Notre Dame and the 61st President of the Association of Research Libraries. In this discussion, we talk about research libraries, of course, Dame's new role as chief librarian at Notre Dame, controlled digital lending, open scholarship, and more. I started by asking him what shifts he sees for research libraries as we come out of the pandemic. Well, it's funny because uh, I think that there's there's not just one answer to that particular question. I think that in one way, research libraries showed and saw how to navigate in an online world. At the same time, I think that the pandemic also showed us the importance of space, physical space, and we did not have access to that space for a decent part of, say, the last two years. And so I think part of going forward involves uh, a multiple a multiple-pronged approach in how to provide services, double down on the importance of space. And I think also where we aren't at the center of some executive decision-making, how do we go about being in those rooms and being part of those decisions at a, at a very higher level? And to that end, one of the things I would like to sort of shamelessly plug is that uh, ARL and CARL, our Canadian counterparts, are working with Ithaca SNR on a pretty major project that's going to be announced in April next month. So looking forward to seeing that publicly available, and that'll have some more details. I'd like to break in here to say that he's referring to a report authored by these three organizations on aligning the research library to the organizational strategy. I'll link to this report in the show notes. Um, Could you share a bit about your views on the emergence of controlled digital lending during the pandemic, and how do you see the future of that? It's interesting. So I've got a, I have sort of two perspectives with that. One is in my ARL role as president. Another as somebody who's been involved in working with studying research, researching copyright law for, at this point, more than a quarter century. I think that the adoption of controlled digital lending was necessary during the pandemic. I was glad to see people being able to, institutions being able to shift in providing service and so on and so forth. One thing that's pretty consistent about the history of copyright law is that it tends to move pretty much as the copyright owning stakeholders want it to move. And I think that those stakeholders were comfortable with making some sort of allowances for controlled digital lending during the pandemic, if only for publicity reasons. I'm not sure coming out of the pandemic that they will be as generous. Now, putting on my copyright scholar hat, I think that's a normative look at what copyright law should be. I think there's some very strong elements to take away from that. But it isn't what copyright law is. And so it'll be interesting to see as we move into post-pandemic, whenever that is, be interesting to see how the the copyright uh, owners writ large 
and cultural heritage institutions navigate that going forward. Could you share a bit about ARL's engagement with the uh, move to open scholarship? ARL's engagement with open scholarship goes back, at this point, well more than a decade. So in a lot of ways, the association's been at the forefront of making scholarship accessible to all. I think that we as an association uh, have done a great job and along with other associations and outfits like Spark, so on and so forth. I'm not sure that we can have a fulsome conversation about open scholarship without also having a serious conversation about tenure and promotion. Those two issues are linked. A big reason why we are in the position that we're in now is because we have a construct in American higher education whereby publication in certain journals counts and perhaps counts more than publication in other journals or in other activities. The publishers know which journals, so quote-unquote, count for, for, for tenure. And in some ways, even with so much of what ARL has already done and will continue to do, in order for us to fully solve this problem, I think we do need to look at what counts for tenure besides publication in a certain set of prestigious article, uh, prestigious journals, excuse me. So I'm not seeing a scenario where a full resolution comes forth unless we also talk about tenure and promotion. So there's a, a gatekeeper sort of thing going on. There is a gatekeeper, but quite frankly, the tenure and promotion system is the one that has established sort of the gatekeeping function and who qualifies as a gatekeeper. So this is why I keep saying whenever these open scholarship conversations uh, arise, I'm glad to have these conversations. I'm glad to talk about how important it is for this material and this scholarship to be widely accessible for reasons other than morality reasons, quite frankly. I mean, I think if you are a, if you're a strong scholar and you have an opportunity to get your scholarship out there and accessible more broadly, do you want it accessible only to maybe 150 to 500 scholars in your discipline? Or do you want to have it be more accessible to a broader range of folks? And I think most scholars are going to say they would like to have it accessible to be, uh, to be accessible to a broader range of folks. That's not really what the tenure and promotion, promotion system as it stands represents right now. And so I think to have an open access or open scholarship conversation without also talking about how we currently have a tenure and promotion system that really conflicts with that, that's an incomplete conversation. You recently became chief librarian at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. um, could you talk about some of the new opportunities you see there? Tremendous opportunities at Notre Dame include some really superior special collections. I know that we're looking at, uh, in the name of sort of open scholarship and open access, we're looking at ways to democratize those special collections and make them more accessible uh, more broadly. I think there's a tremendous opportunity 
for us to uh, bring on new individuals into the fold, and that's uh, a big uh, that's a big opportunity for us. We've got uh, a new leadership structure in place, obviously, with me, but we've had some uh, AULs who have uh, either departed for for other opportunities, gotten promotions elsewhere, or we've had retirements, and so we'll be looking to bring in pretty much a whole slate of associate university librarians. And I think part of why I was attracted to the Notre Dame opportunity was to help elevate the research enterprise. There's a very unique opportunity that we have that I haven't experienced fully or to the same degree in other institutions, whereas the the Hesburgh Library's system is considered a full partner in the research enterprise. And so we have equality with uh, the information technology uh, organization, with the research organization. And so I think the opportunities really come from equivalency with those other two units and how we can work together to advance research at Notre Dame. So I work for EduCause. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a professional organization. Speaking to an audience of higher ed technology leaders outside the library and research field, what would you like them to know about the biggest issues in your industry that may have a ripple effect uh, upon higher ed writ large? I think the best way to answer that is to tag along to my last answer about the opportunities at Notre Dame. I think that, and I've long held this, that for a research operation, and particularly in a large research institution, to be elite, you have to have an elite IT organization, an elite office of research, and an elite library system. Those three units must be working together at an elite level to advance research on a campus. I call it my triad theory. And your question, I don't know that you meant it this way, but for me, part of the implication is perhaps that folks across the campus don't see the library as a, as a full partner. I would say that in order for the campus to move forward, again, consistent with this triad theory, we need to be a full partner. And I think having us as a full partner actually works beneficially for the Office of Research and the IT function because you know, research libraries are the ultimate operational academic hybrid. We have a role in both sides of the house on a regular basis. And so there are certain things that we can do that perhaps the schools and colleges can't or don't want to do, perhaps things uh, or places where perhaps IT would want to go and they can't get access to. And we can facilitate that in a pretty significant way to the benefit of all. And so for me, it's about collaboration at a very substantive level. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Davis. Thank very you. Much that was K. Matthew Dames, the Edward H. Arnold University Librarian at the University of Notre Dame and the 61st President of the Association of Research Libraries. I'm Jerry Bain for Educause. Thanks for listening.